Hello, everyone. Welcome to another edition of the Cook and the Coach podcast. I'm Beza. I'm the coach. I'm Kenny. I'm the cook. Welcome, everyone. Thank you for listening. Uh, today, we're going to have another little short and sweet episode. Um, like we talked about in the uh, previous episode, uh, we're going to do some cooking and coaching segments today. And um, we were going to do some political shit talking um, with like the next debate. That was kind of our hope. Um, but Trump has coronavirus. And... Uh, the debate got canceled because they were going to do it over Zoom and the two teams couldn't agree. And so, yeah, they just did rallies and no one cares about rallies really. So I don't know. I didn't watch the rallies. Did you watch any of that? I didn't watch the rallies. I knew people went, actually people were actually at the rally. Really? But it's one of those things where it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I have a friend who went to the one day in uh, Duluth. Really? Wow. Interesting. When was that? Was that recent? Uh, yeah. Wow. Yeah, it was like the day before. It was the day after the first debate. Oh, really? Wow. Yeah, those. Yeah, he was very messed up. One thing that is kind of exciting is just in general with like big political debates is just all the traveling you get to do and all of like you. I feel like those people get to meet so many people around the country. That is, I think, one of the more romantic elements of it. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, For there's sure. not really, I, I saw that, I don't know if this is true, but I saw someone repost that Trump said that he's the only person more famous than him right now is Jesus, which really made me laugh. That's true. Like, that's, I think the Beatles said that and Kanye West said that once or something similar. Not very many people say that. So yeah. that was pretty funny. But otherwise, yeah, not much to say about it. So, yeah, I guess hopefully they'll do another debate next week. I really don't know. Did, I, have you heard anything about that? It's comforting that both sides aren't willing to work with the other side. It's comforting. What do you mean? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's great that they can just never get along. Isn't that nice? Yeah. It's comforting. It makes me feel safer <sighs> oh. about the future of the country. Yeah, it's like, oh, good. Half of us don't like the other half. That's nice. That's nice. Just none of us can quite get along. Yeah, it's a good feeling. It gives you hope. Exactly. Hope for the future. Um, yeah, so, okay. So for my cooking segment this week, um, last time I did a cooking segment, I was kind of introducing for people who've never heard of it, um, the idea of the broiler. And I didn't invent it. Uh, it's a part of most people's ovens. The reason I wanted to talk about it is because it's going to get progressively colder and colder and less conducive to grilling outside. And so if you want to get a similar texture for a lot of your food, um, broiling is a really great method you can use. Um, so last time I was talking a little bit about the type of heat that it uses. It's that super intense direct heat, um, usually on the top of the inside of your oven. So there's usually these really um, thick like metal poles that just run through the top of your oven and you turn on your broiler setting and they get really orange and you put your food close to it and that radiation heat will just kind of, will crispy up your food, I guess. Uh, for lack of a better word. Um, so yeah, it's a really great method. And so I was just kind of introducing the basic idea of that. Um, there's a lot of food you can make with that. Um, food that's thinner usually works better because you want to make sure that it can, that the food can cook evenly um, and make sure it's like cooked all the way through. So 
you know, something like a, a chicken breast where it's, you know, maybe really thick in one spot and, and thinner and that's not going to work great. But if you slice it into smaller pieces, that would work better. Um, still, you would, you'd want to be a little more careful with protein in general. Um, so there's a lot of food that you can make uh, or you can prepare just using the broiler, but generally it has to be thinner. Uh, and you usually have to do some like scoring on it. So scoring is when you make little uh, marks using a knife um, so that the heat can go through to certain parts of the, the food a little bit better. So broccoli or broccolini would be a good example of that. Like I like to do these little scores along the stem because the stem is thicker than the florets on the top. Um, so that will help you cook everything a little bit more evenly. Um, yeah, little things like I was, I was reading the Elton Brown book that I showed y'all yesterday. If you're on the video podcast, you can see it's called, I'm just here for the food. It's, it's basically just like the scientific manual of all these cooking methods. And he is talking about like, oh yeah, you can do, you can broil shrimp. You can broil marshmallows. Like you can do flank steak. You can do like, I actually, let's see, what else does he mention? He has a lot. Uh, oh, voice crack there. Uh, obviously chicken, like I mentioned, like just fish, the shrimp, a um, lot of stuff like that. You can do like skewers, a um, lot of vegetables. Basically, if you're thinking, oh, can I broil this? Think, could I grill this? And then you can apply a similar method. Um, so normally you could just use like a, a baking tray that you might use just in when you're normally using your oven and just put that on that top rack. Um, or they also make these, um, these broiler drip pans. And basically that gives you something that's a, even a little closer to that grilling uh, method. So like we were talking about last week, um, it's all broiling compared to grilling. So broiling is like flipping a grill upside down. So instead of having the grill underneath the, uh, the oven or you know that grill rack, so the food rests and the heat's coming up, uh, the heat's resting underneath the grill rack with the, or underneath the heat source with the broiler. Um, sure. But with one of those, uh, those broiling heat racks, then all of those juices drip from that main surface and go down. So you can actually, I don't know if you can actually get little bits of grill marks, but I wouldn't be surprised if you could, but that just removes one more of those elements. But if you, do, if you don't have that, I personally don't, you can just use a sheet tray. Um, there's not a ton else to say about broiling in general. It's just a really good method to use. Um, you can also, just one other thing to note. So yes, you can cook thin things um, and things that don't take too long to cook and you can get that really great texture. Um, you can also finish dishes that you had prepared, say like in the oven and you're cooking, like I, a lot of examples I saw was like, you made a casserole and you want to get that crispy finish. Well, what you could do is you could remove it from the heat of the oven, crank the oven up all the way to broiling and then place in that casserole at the very end and let it cook for, you know, a couple minutes and just let that crisp up. So it can be a good way to finish things. Um, so yeah, the, just keep that in mind when you're cooking, especially this winter um, or this fall and winter. Um, if you need any type of any, obviously you might need more specific uh, examples for what to do depending on the dish you're cooking. Um, I found this one article that might be helpful. Um, it's on this website called The Spruce Eats. Um, it's like a, a crash course to, um, what is it, to using your broiler. And yeah, so this has a lot of great examples for different types of meats, poultry, fish and seafood, and vegetables and fruits and such. So um, I would refer to that for like how long you might want to use the broiler for, um, you know, like the fat that you're using, things like that. 
so yeah, uh, I think I'm sure I'll refer to this in, in future cooking segments, but there's really not that much more to say about it. It's, I more just want people to know that it's a thing that you can do. Um, and just like, again, reiterate, like it's important to have a variety of textures in what you're cooking. So this is a really great way to do it any time of the year. For my coaching segment, and I feel like I've done a similar topic to this before, but um, again, whatever. But um, I think the the main idea for today for my thing is less is more sometimes. So um, like you guys know during quarantine, when you were doing this podcast, I was talking about how I was in a gym probably six days a week, if not seven, training like a savage for two to three hours a day. And it was great because during quarantine, my only responsibility was going to work 10 to 15 hours a week. And then that was it. So I had the time and the freedom to do that. Um, me and King did our changes episode about a month ago where both of us were a lot more busy with life and I had a lot more stuff. I went from working 15, 20 hours a week to 60, which is a significant jump. So, um, and also keep up with my regular training regimen. But after a few weeks, it was just apparent that it was not working. I got stuck with the weights I was typically using. Um, a lot of injuries starting popping up, um, you know, mid-September till you know, just a couple weeks ago. And then, you know, football season started with coaching stuff, finding that football back. And I was just not keeping up with my own stuff. So what I decided to do, I almost dropped polishing altogether, but I thought to myself, now we're making too much progress. I want to keep this going. So I made some sacrifices. And I went from training six days a week down to only four. So now I'm only training on Tuesdays, Wednesdays, and then Fridays and Saturdays. So when I started doing that about two, maybe three weeks ago, everything changed. Um, this, this is my pseudo max week. So it's like I'm maxing out, but I'm not really maxing out. And I've gotten three different PRs this whole, this week in general. Wow. And, um, my body has not felt this good since during quarantine. I feel refreshed. I feel relaxed. I feel strong. So guys, um, why well, I, I hate, I hate the turnover training because it's such a misuse word in our, and yeah, a little cult of strength and conditioning, such a misused word. But in certain periods and certain times, you might be doing, doing too much work that's actually hurting you and not helping you. So some of you are training, you know, five, six days a week. That might be too much. Your body might be only able to handle four, maybe even three days a week of training. And you know what? That's okay. I and my body couldn't handle that six, six days a week of training anymore got on the four and now I'm thriving and this is perfect for me. So guys, um, if you're stuck in your training and not, not saying like, Oh, like this is hard and stuff. There's hard. And then there's, this isn't working. If it's not working for you, look at little things like how many days a week you're training. Look at the volume, like during each workout, is it too much volume? Is it too loud? Too little. Look at things like that to change it up. And that might, may, that might be the biggest difference in how things go for you as far as changing your physique, changing your strength, all of that. Um, 
I know that I'll probably stick with this four day a week training method for next two months. And then I'll probably reassess and see if I want to go back to six, maybe make a, make it five. I'm not sure. But I know for at least two more months, I'll be sticking with this two, um, with this next two months, we do with the four day a week thing. It's really been working well. I've been really enjoying it. And it saves me a lot of time, actually, which is kind of nice. So, That's great. Yeah. That was one of my weirdly favorite things about quarantine. Like all of a sudden, I just had all this extra time and I would just do more walks or more like bodyweight workouts or rollerblading sessions or whatever like I just all of a sudden I had so much more time which is so fun but yeah in normal day-to-day life that is not it's not that common to have all that extra time to do that so love that exactly and I'll say one more thing while you're if you're gonna cut down the amount of days you're training that means that you make those workouts count even more you can't just like dink around there, you know. If you're only training three, four days a week, get walking to the gym and just kind of like half-assed. You have to like be a savage for the hour, hour and a half that you're in there, three days a week. You have to like get it done, go hard, and then when you're not in there, you can relax, do whatever. But make the most of every training session. You're gonna go for less days. That's what I've learned too. Just you have to make those days count. Hell yeah! Hell yeah! love it <laughs> sweet i uh i'm trying to think if we had any other topics we wanted to discuss um i know we we're gonna keep it shorter but i you know it's interesting in the age of social media i think it took politicians a little while to catch up but i think you've seen 2020 especially i think you've really seen these 56 year old politicians really start to understand the internet more I understand like how to use it to your advantage and how to play the game of social media sure and like I think you've seen it with like Amy Coney Barrett and stuff when like the people were like because like last four days they were like interrogating her not interrogating but, like asking her questions and stuff before they vote on her in the senate and like I think she's the supreme really, court nominee correct yeah the supreme court nominee so again on this show, we don't yeah, we don't care which side you're on. We don't we don't care what side. Yeah, if we ever mention we're just talking political stuff, it's usually just making fun of it. So obviously, don't take our actual opinions on whatever because that's not what this right. is. <laughs> Amy Coney Barrett, I actually like her. Um, a lot of people, especially people who are pretty far left, they don't like her because she's conservative and she has conservative values, whatever. But I like her. She makes a lot of sense to me. She seems poised. She seems smart, intelligent. Um, she seems like someone that like I would have a conversation with and like not want to kill myself. <laughs> uh, most that's not saying that's not gay. all politicians. So I feel like, yeah, I kind of like her. I thought it was brilliant though. They said it brilliantly. And I didn't watch the actual clip. I just like read and heard about her friends. Mm-hmm. Apparently, like. People ask, like, you know, like, for, like, her notes and stuff, because, like, they have a notepad they can write on, right? She just left it up, and it was, like, blank. She just gave it a, like, quirky smile. I thought, like, oh, that's, like, that's a memeable moment. This is, like, perfect. (laughs) 
That's they know, they know, she knows what she's doing when she does that, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's funny. Yeah. I love that. <laughs> yeah, I truthfully, I haven't really followed the, the Supreme Court thing almost at all. I haven't had the wherewithal. And there's nothing, it's out of my hands. I can complain about it publicly or cheer it on publicly. But beyond that, I, I always think it's a little odd that people make this huge hubbub about the Supreme Court stuff. And I understand that there are serious decisions that need to be made in that position, but it's like, you don't really have that much control over it at this point. Like you've elected the people who will make the decision, right? See, that's the weird thing, right? Because I think you could almost make an argument that the Supreme Court justice nominees are like almost as important as the actual presidency. I think oh, it may yeah. I could. I think I would agree with that, but I'm just saying that the the general public, by the time that a Supreme Court judge is being selected, that decision is no longer in their hands. Like they've already that's elected the people who will make it. Right. That's what I'm saying. It's weird, right? Because like we elect the president as a people, but the people don't elect like their judges. Mm-hmm. Like, isn't that like weird? It is odd. It is odd. It's like a. Like, why does it work that way? I don't know. It's like one step removed. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I have no idea. I wish I could tell you. I, I haven't really thought about it much. To it, feels weird to me. it feels weird that you can vote for one, but the Senate decides on the other. I don't know. It just seems odd. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I agree with what you're saying about the how, I mean, politicians don't really have any choice but to get better with social media right now. Um, I, <laughs> I was noticing it's for better and worse, what makes me laugh is looking at Trump and Biden's Twitter page um, because it's pretty obvious to me that that Trump definitely writes his own tweets for his Twitter page and Joe Biden probably doesn't. Yeah. <laughs> and you can tell by how it's written. Like on Joe Biden's, there's, you can tell it's written by like a 20 something social media manager for the political campaign. <laughs> And just like little things like punctuation, um, like phrasing, and you could, you just know that Biden doesn't have time for that. Whereas Trump somehow has way too much time. Trump carves out time for it. And that makes me laugh just comparing the two of them because there's it's such different methods of communication. I would love to see Joe Rogan interview Kanye. I would also love oh, to yeah. see Joe interview um, Joe Jorgensen. The Libertarian candidate. Mm. Yeah, that could be interesting. Because I feel like if the Libertarian Party were to do that, they'd actually get votes. Mm-hmm. They actually like, got her out on like a major, major platform and like talked to American people. I feel mm-hmm. like that can win her like points at the polls. I could see that. Not that she would win or anything, but she make definitely make a shift and a rift in the political sphere. Yeah. I here's what I decided for myself. I'm either not voting or I'm voting third party. Oh yeah. I'm either voting or not voting or I'm voting third party. Interesting. I I can't deal with these two clowns anymore. I, I'm done. Yeah, I'm going with something else or I'm not voting. So we'll we'll see what happens. Interesting. Yeah, that would be cool to see an interview with like other third parties and like on a major platform. I think that could be pretty interesting. Guys, thank you for listening. Thank you for being part of this. We appreciate your support. You jumped up to 80 your followers now on Instagram. Tell your friends, get the word out. Try to get that 100-person mark before the end of 2020. 
That'd be a huge, huge help. Um, yeah. yeah, you can find us on Instagram, podcast, and Capin the Coach. Um, Kenny, you got music out there. What's your mm-hmm. Instagram handles and all that? Yeah, so my music is out. Uh, if you look up Ken, uh, I almost said Kanye West. If you look up Kanye West, you'll be able to find all of my. <laughs> Uh, what the heck? I'm tired. Uh, if you look up Kenny Martin bucket list, um, some say it's better than Kanye West's music. Uh, and you can find that anywhere music is available. Um, I'm on Instagram. KP Martin two is my personal page and Haymarket's catering is my uh, food page. And yes, uh, follow us on Instagram and, and YouTube and leave us comments and let us know what you like about the show. And uh, we'd love to hear from you. Guys, thanks for listening. We will see you next time. Peace.